Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for giving us a click of your time. I appreciate you checking out our conversation with Kelsey Ballerini. She has a brand new album out now that totally deserves your ear. It's called Kelsey. And off that album, she has a song with Halsey called The Other Girl. We're going to talk about life and love and her creative process. And yeah, a lot. I- I'm just really excited. Uh, okay. I I think she's here. What's up? Yo, you are so on time and I'm so pumped to talk to you. <laughs> I'm so pumped to talk to you. I Really, I am. First of all, thank you for being like on time. Like, is this a country thing? Like, is, because you guys are so incredibly polite compared to... um. You know, we we deal with a lot of polite people, but like we've been held up sometimes for hours, literally. So you, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I I don't know if it's a country thing or not, but I, I definitely don't like to make people wait. So I, I deeply appreciate it. Um, by the way, I'm Zach, and, and that's Dan. So hey, uh, Zach and Dan. I'm Kelsey. Nice to meet you. Yo, <laughs> w- there's, Yo. So, there's so much to dive into, and yeah. I'm so here- like. Up, so forgive me oh yeah please beautiful mug by the way I, oh, I, that, my mom's house right now hanging out with my dog because my dog's been staying with her during covid um so i just like come over and visit him <laughs> so i'm just like <laughs> dog it's like dog That's visitation right now what's your dog's name his name is dibs he's he's sleeping doing his hand yeah oh, dear. oh there he is <laughs> wow you're the cutest yeah anyway oh sorry a child. Um, let's let's dive in here because yeah. your music really does tell a very vivid story in a very cool way. And I, I mean, do you? What's your take on genres? Like, how do you define the term genre? Do you even think about it when you make music? I think I'm thinking about it less than I ever have. But I say that with like, you know. I'm I'm a country artist and I've planted my roots there and they've been so good to me. But I think that as a creative person and as a songwriter, like it's my job to not put boundaries on that. Like it's my job to make sure that I'm expressing my my art however it feels mm-hmm. that day, you know? So I make sure to like when I'm writing, not really think about it too much. And I think in my previous records, like if you listen to the demos, there's stuff that leaned way more pop that we would kind of rein in a little bit to make fit. And on this record, it was the first time where I was like, you know what? If this song is meant to sound, let's let it sound more country. If this song is meant to sound more pop, let's let it sound more pop. And I think that that's really letting the, the music be true to itself. And like, I just think good music should be where good music should be. I don't know. I, I think I'm thinking less about it. And I also think people are thinking less about it too. Mm. Like you're so many cross genre collaborations happen and stuff. And um, I think it's exciting personally. I, I could not agree more. I believe in a pop alternative format. I think pop music in particular is popular music. There shouldn't be one sound to pop music. It should be made yes. up of all the sounds and any, any idea that there's one way to make a pop record. I think that's kind of ridiculous. You know, I think today is different. Uh, people have access to everything and you know, radio is an obligation at least our radio has an obligation to sound different record to record and to not be this stagnant one sound. And, and yeah. I think a CHR and pop has been that before, you know what I mean? Like for like swaths of time, swaths, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think, dude, what you're doing is amazing. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong between unapologetically and Kelsey, 
a learning period, right? Like, I feel like you, you tested the waters with some different writers and producers on Unapologetically, but Jimmy Robbins became your guy on Kelsey. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, the people that you see the most on Kelsey the album are Jimmy Robbins, Nicole Gallion, Ross Copperman, and Shane McAnally. Those were, like, the people that – it wasn't just, like, a co-write in town. It was, like, we took trips together. We, like, dug into each other's lives and, like, what was really going on. And the truth is, like, I kind of came up for air for the first time since I was 19, and I was like, oh, like, who am I? And like how am I feeling and am I okay and all those questions that you ask yourself when you're in your mid-20s trying to do everything right you know and um I think I just like had this big self-discovery season and they were just the people that like walked alongside me and helped me figure out how to say it out loud you know so all of these records they're so vivid that they have I believe that they're based on your reality is that true is every single one I, I, I've like tried to kind of like write about like a theoretical situation or that kind of stuff. And it yeah. never turns. I just, I'm not that kind of songwriter. I wish I was, I wish I had both sides of the, of the thing, but I don't. So how does a record begin? Like l- let's dive into LA. Something that I like, I mean, I feel we're here right now and it is, yeah. it is a growth for me. It's a love hate relationship. What, what dawns on you? What starts that song? Oh, man. I mean, I think L.A. became a place that I would go often for the opportunities that I was having out there, whether it was writing with certain people or doing a lot of TV stuff. Like I would I just found myself out there a lot. And for like three months, I was there way more than I was home. And it was I was having this big tug of war because I I loved I love working in L.A. Like I love the creative atmosphere out there, but it also just brings out like these massive insecurities of mine for some reason. And so every time I'm there, like I'll have a great day and then I'll get back to my hotel room and I don't know who to call and I get really lonely and I get really in my head. And, um, and that's always kind of when I've turned to music. So that song in particular actually was funny because I was in between tour dates. And so I was touring with Keith Urban and instead of going home, I would go to LA I think I was doing the voice at the time or something. And um, I didn't have my guitar this particular weekend or week, whatever it was. And all I had was my like journal notebook that I always carry with me. And so I wrote LA as like a stream of consciousness as a poem. And it didn't have a melody. It didn't have anything to it. It was just this poem that I was writing after I had like called a couple people, no one answered. And then I was like, why did I think I was cool enough to call this person? gosh like just completely like just going down that road in my head of like oh my gosh like this is so embarrassing what are you doing here go home and uh yeah and so it ended up being a poem that later I turned into a song that was a very long-winded answer sorry are you first of all (laughs) that's all we do here and that's what we appreciate so please be just express yourself freely yeah you take this poem, how long after you write this poem does, do you go into a studio with it? Or do you sit on it for a minute and then go back to it? I sat on it for a couple months. Um, I have one solo write every album. It's just like this thing that I really do for myself to hold myself accountable to make sure that I'm still writing by myself. And so I had a couple options for this album, but I think wow. for the heart of the album being so open and vulnerable this song was the one that i knew had to be on there so it was kind of this challenge for me to to make it a song and not a poem so you talk about solo right high school was your unapologetically solo right yeah i, I love 
know that. <laughs> I feel like there's a connection between high school and LA because let's be honest, LA is just like a bigger version of high school in a sense with a little <laughs> bit more creativity in it and a little bit higher stakes, I think. Um, Maybe. But it's also your surroundings. It's what you're in, right? Yeah. It's kind of a growth moment. Yeah. I mean, I think we're a product of our surroundings, right? So when I was writing Unapologetically, I was kind of going through this like metamorphosis, if you will, of like, you know, getting out of my first like real crazy emotional high intensity breakup, then like trying to discover who I was as a young woman and then meeting my husband and falling in love. So I was kind of going through all of that. And then I think within that I was going home and realizing that I had changed, but like it hadn't. And it was just all these crazy feelings. And so, yeah, I guess it was like, both are like a product of my surroundings. Why is that solo, right? You, you talked about holding yourself accountable. Is that an artistic thing? Is that a personal thing? Is that a work ethic thing? What is it? I mean, it's definitely something that I do for me. It's not to prove a point or anything. I, when I started writing songs, I just wrote by myself. That's all I knew. I didn't have the opportunity to be in the room with Julia Michaels or Ryan Tedder. You know what I mean? So that's all I knew. And so now that I'm lucky enough to be in the rooms with these people that like sculpted me as a songwriter, I still want to make sure that I trust myself enough to be in the room by myself, you know? And, um, and it's hard to do because I always want to be around people that are going to make me better, you know, but at the same time, I never want to lose what made me want to do this in the first place. Well, so. because it's easy to do, you know, if you give, so, like, like you can immediately have so much around you, so much assistance once you prove yourself to a certain degree, but like the truth is like, you could lose that. Like you could like end up drowning in, fancy producers and writers and then like before yeah. you know it like you're taking a whole different creative approach to something that it's you've so, never done before and I'm such a um like my love language is words of affirmation I don't know if you're a love language person but I I need people to tell me that it's good that's why I'm an artist I'm like is that good? No, it's good um so for me like co-writing I'm getting instant gratification like I'm getting instant like this is great and when you're writing by yourself you're like Oh, like I have no one to bounce this off of. I have no one to tell me if this is good enough. Um, so it really you is. Marinate like, in it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh. But, but so how do you know when it's ready to take to somebody else? Like, you know, like, how do you know that poem was ready or that it was like, were you sitting in the studio just going through things or? No, I mean, I remember I put it to music one morning over coffee at my kitchen counter. <laughs> like it was really random. And uh, I, I, I've always been a gut person. I, it like makes no sense some of the decisions that I've made, but I'm so glad that I made them. And I think with LA, I just knew that that was, that was it and it was done. Beautiful record. Um, okay. Like, obviously I want to talk about the record you have with Halsey, uh, Ashley, the other girl. I mean, yeah. is there, and, and by the way, the, the, the one thing that I, I did see in common between uh, the other girl and half of my hometown was, two really big writers didn't write on it, but you wrote their words. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. And it's crazy because like Ashley, like I am a fan of hers before I was her friend, you know, and she's such a prolific songwriter and just writer in general. And so the fact that she like trusted me in this story enough to, to sing it is, it's a really, it's a, like a high honor, you know, and same with Kenny, like, God, he's a freaking yeah. legend. Oh, and so the fact that he was like, yeah. I, and the, the reason he's on that record is because 
we both grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. We both grew up with really similar upbringings. And so I think I wrote my story, which ended up being his story too. And that's why I think he related to it so much. But yeah, it's insane. It's, it's like a really high honor for me as a songwriter to have both of them on those songs. Zach Sang Show. Yo, beautiful human. Real quick, I got to tell you about Macari, my favorite app to buy or sell pretty much anything. Seriously, um... I used to be afraid to sell things on the internet because it was overwhelming and then the idea of meeting up with a stranger was just like, ugh. And then Makari came along and it changed my world. I've been selling Pokemon cards that I have on there. Um, I I've been selling this pet bed that I got for Lou that he doesn't like. Really, Makari is made for anything. So if you want to buy something or sell something, check it out. Plus, it has great reviews on the App Store. Makari, it's worth your time. It makes selling anything so easy all you got to do is take a photo of it write a description post it once you get an offer they'll give you the shipping label you stick it on and then poof it'll be off to the buyer Ooh, macari totally worth your time i promise i wouldn't tell you about it if it wasn't i i really enjoy it no meetups no hassles plus there's a lot of good reviews try it out macari m-e-r-c-a-r-i macari.com are you in the room when they listen? Do you just send it off to them? Like, what was the process like? Because, like, uh, I, I, like, which would you rather it be? Would you rather be watching them as they're listening to it or just, like, be blank? Well, I think, like, the, the like, narcissist in me likes to, like, make sure that I'm there so they have a harder time to me. <laughs> Look um, me in the eyes. Yeah, like, I'm you um well both of those are actually really different stories so with Kenny I um I randomly had his number which I have no business having Kenny Chesney's number but I had her because he saw saw my name on a billboard in New York like three years ago and he got my and he sent me a picture of it and he just said proud of you hometown girl love Kenny Chesney wow. and I was pretty new at the time and I just thought it was like the craziest thing that he even knew who I was you know so with half of my hometown, I wrote the song with people that he collaborates with a lot. So I knew that he knew the writers on it. Um, but we did vocals at like two in the morning after like a lot of wine. And one of them just like kind of dared me to text it to him. So I like musically booty called Kenny Chesney. <laughs> and, it, and it worked. I, I sent it to him at like two in the morning. I was the next morning I was like, oh my God, he woke up to a text from me. Like, this is so embarrassing. But yeah, he it, he he loved the song and we've become really good friends now, which is like crazy. I mean, to have I mean to work with somebody like that, to have somebody like that in your life, it is it's amazing as somebody who really he paved the way, you know, and you can yeah. it's uh, very cool because people like that, I don't know. It's it's not many people have seen and experienced what he's experienced yep. and seen and in, in a way that, like you said, like your stories really, they're in sync. Somehow kind of parallel our upbringings at least. It's cool. Um, and, and then and with Ash Ashley's New Jersey. So she's a little bit different in upbringing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that, that went down. We became buddies. Like we just clicked. She played a show in Nashville and we got to hang out and, um, I don't know. I just, I think that we're both like kind of wired the same in a lot of ways. We really care about um, music and what we're saying. And we really care about um, using our platform for what we care about. And, um, and we're both the same age and all that stuff. So 
we become friends. And when I wrote the song, I, I told them when we wrote it on my tour bus, I was like, this would be so cool is like a, the boy is mine vibe. And it'd be so cool with Halsey. And so I kind of like, I couldn't hear anyone else on it, but her. And so I went to LA and I played it for her and she kind of, she just, you know, she got it. She got the idea behind it. Um, which well, was It's a story that, I mean, it's relatable, right? The other girl. Yeah. It's yeah. sadly very common. Like not, I mean, at least my interpretation of it, but maybe yeah. I'm all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we've both been in relationships where I think, you know, we've been cheated on. So we both related to it on that level. But it's also kind of a song where we get to step into a character, you know, like it's very angsty and moody and dark. And so I think we both kind of, even though we're drawing from like things that we've experienced, we're also kind of playing a character in the vocal, which is super fun. I don't have a lot of songs like that. Are you in a moody, angsty place when you take, you know, when you start crafting a record like that? Or does it come out of somewhere different? It's like the, the moodiest I get, it, it ends up being sassy. Like I have a lot of sassy records. Like I had this song called Miss Me More that it was like the biggest country record I've had. And it's like just a sass bomb. And so like, that's kind of how I channel that. But Other Girl is, it's like a complete different route than I've ever taken. Just like dark, uh, which is fun. I, I, I'm trying to like hear another sassy. I mean, do you hear sass in pop music ever? I don't know. Sometimes. Uh, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Lizzo. Megan Trainor. Who? Megan Trainor's pretty sassy. Megan Trainor's Megan. pretty sassy. There has a lot of sass. Yeah, yeah. She's a, a country writer, too. She's written a couple country records. Yeah. Look, quickly, the crazy thing, you compared it to The Boy Is Mine, which is crazy, because you and Halsey seem like you get along really well. And Brandy and Monica, when they, they don't, which is interesting about that song. Right, right. Uh, well... We do. <laughs> I know. I just think it's very interesting. Whenever people talk about that song, it was the number one song for so long. It won a Grammy, and those two never got along. Oh, that's so crazy. I wonder how it even came about. I don't know that story. Yeah, there's a whole crazy story about it. I'm not going to get into it now, but you just mentioned that, and I just thought about all the success they got from that with two people that don't really like each other, which is nuts. I, I hope that we end up getting to do a music video and just acting like we're mad, because I think it'll be hilarious. Dude. And she's yeah. like, how, when you craft something like that, visuals matter, right? Because you're seeing dark, you're seeing something. Like, when you can, when you listen to a record, you can see an image, right? Or a color. Yeah. I don't have the color thing. That's a, that's a gift. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think oftentimes there are certain songs that really lend themselves to having a visual. And especially story songs. And this is such a story song. Um, and when you have two artists, you really want, you want people to be able to see both of you playing out those, those characters. So, um, this one in particular, I think really would thrive. <laughs> you do a lot of story songs though. I, I mean, I feel very, every time I'm listening to a record of yours, I feel like I can see it. I feel like I'm there. I feel like it's so easy to understand, but like, it, 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 I, I don't know. I feel like I really am looking at a diary, you know? So it's so funny that you, you, LA came in that way. Yeah. Um, Thanks it, for saying Yeah, it's amazing. But I, I do feel like that is a very unique gift. And I think country music has more records like that, where the story is just so obvious, you know? Um, yeah. But you do it in a, it's really cool. I really appreciate your music very, very much. Um, hey. Grand Old Opry, can you just like educate me a little bit? 
I'm a big fan of what it is and the history that it represents because it is like a chapel for music, right? Is that the right way to describe it? Yes, it's a chapel for music. That's actually a really beautiful way of putting it. Um, but it's they call it the home of country music. And um, it's kind of evolved and had a bunch of different homes. Uh, it was at the Ryman, which is the mother church of country music for a long time. Now it has its own Opry House. Um, but there's this this circle on the stage and it's cut out of the floor from when it was in the Ryman. And it's kind of like this, this sacred ground where all the country greats have stood and sang. And, um, I'm getting goosebumps, yo. It's like the craziest thing with both the Ryman and the Opry. And I think they're so intertwined that it's really the same. It's the kind of room for, in, in, I think it's bigger than country music because I've heard it from other artists, but where you walk on the stage and you're like, holy, this is the big leagues. It's crazy. And you just feel it. And with, with the Opry, it's just like, I think just having the respect for country music and music and songwriting, like I do, like knowing that I'm on the same stage as people that really blaze trails and shaped what I grew up on. It's, it's the craziest thing. And so, um, even getting to play on the stage, like it was wild. And then I got to, I got to be inducted as like a new member last year, which was so you get invited, right? You have to be invited to perform? You have to be invited to perform. You have to be invited to, to join. Yeah, all of it. And yeah, what? so it is like yeah. a Hall of Fame matched with this. Would, would you consider it a Hall of Fame? Or is it just like a, just like a, like a place where you, it, all the great country music is documented? Yeah, it is. I, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Like a Hall of Fame, but also like preserving... I guess preserving History. the love of legacy. Yeah. Whoa. And I guess. Is, is you there has to be tied into the culture of what that is. Like, was there an artist that taught you something at the very beginning? Because I hear that as a common thread within country. Like, I've heard stories that if a song has been sitting at number one and another song wants to go there, I've heard stories where artists will call program directors and say, Hey, stop playing my song. It yeah. It could be further from the opposite over here. Uh, well, I mean, we're still competitive, but we're friendly competitive. Like, we're not competitive to the point where we're going to, like, sabotage each other. We're competitive to the point where it's like, I want to win, but I also want you to win, too. You know? Yeah. It's great, though. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Like, I'm going to have dinner with Marin tonight. You know? Like, we're two pe- females that are on the radio at the same time, and we respect the hell out of each other, you know, and it's, it's awesome. It's really healthy. That's, that's amazing. That's, and, and when doing that, you, you can learn from each other and you can share stories and seek solace. And I don't know, it's, it's good all around. Like it's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And like, not a lot of people understand what it's like to be a a young female in music. You know, that's also having a song on the radio and pop. Like, to be able to have someone that you can talk to about all that. It's like amazing. It matters. It really does matter. What are you thinking, Daniel? I feel like I'm, I'm really hijacking Kelsey from you because I'm very. <laughs> no, keep going. I'm just learning. Dude, because it is interesting I, from a production sense. Do you, what is your strength in a room? Is it obviously writing, but like, what are you listening for when it comes to production, especially between Kelsey and unapologetically? Mm-hmm. Well, I never produced anything before. I really just trusted um, Forrest and Jason who did my first two albums and they kind of created that, that blend of 
pop and country that I love. Are they um, doing it off your lyrics or are you doing it off their production? No, no, no. It, it's off the song. It's off, it's off the demo. And God. they kind of, this record, I think it was the first time that I trusted myself enough to say like, okay, can I shred on the electric guitar? No. Can I play piano? No. Can I make beats on the computer? No. But you know what I can do is I can sing what I want it to sound like. And so I would be in the room and be like, okay, Jimmy, try this. And change the tone on that. Like I was just singing, like word vomiting all these ideas. And he was able to like, he knows me well enough now to like make, translate that into the, the production side of it. So it was really fun to just kind of like have people that get it and help me like articulate it in, in a musical sense. In a judgment free zone where you can make these ridiculous noises and they can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I an idiot, but it's no, but, out- but it's cool. Like I've been blessed a couple of times where I've watched somebody do that and it's like but I feel like that comes with being comfortable, right? And then understanding where you're at, but also you know what it sounds like. You just can't, you might not be able to physically like. Yeah, like, man. And I think you can sing it. Knowing like, I've really gone through the process of knowing what I'm good at and knowing what I'm not good at. And even on my first two albums, like I grew up listening to big singers, like singers that can hit all the notes, you know, like Kelly Clarkson's my favorite artist of all time. And she can hit every note that's ever existed. And, you know, Carrie, same with Carrie. Like I, I grew up with these big powerhouse voices. And so I always thought that that's what a good singer was. And you can hear me on my first two albums on certain songs, like really trying to go there and touring those songs destroyed my voice because I am not meant to sing like that. So I had to go through this process of like, okay, a good singer doesn't isn't just that a good singer is a whole it's knowing your voice it's knowing your instrument knowing what it does and what it doesn't do you know and so on this record I really got to play with what my voice actually does and like re-fall in love with it and not wear it out which that to me was like such a gift and such a lesson that I'm glad that I had the space to to learn while making this album and I'm excited to tour it when I can because I'm not I'm gonna like be able to actually do it all you know (laughs) yeah you just channel the emotion differently, right? Like you take that energy that would go into a high note and it's like, you can put it in different places. Totally. And you like, I can flip, like instead of belt, I can flip up into it. Like you just learn different little tricks, you know? (laughs) I hope you tour. I want to see this album live because I feel like from overshare to LA, it is a story top to bottom. Do you recommend people listen to this album in order? I don't, I don't. My last one was very much so like, um, sequenced like a chronological story uh this this one i i kind of was just like i want to start it with overshare because it sets the tone that the record's very personal and then i want to end it with la because you'll get it later it'll make sense that i end it with la later in overshare you said uh you met somebody famous and you acted a fool what did you do uh well it's a common theme i'm not a good famous people um at all and they're like, I have to get to a certain point where we become sweatpants friends. And it's at that point that I can like switch my brain over and like act like a normal human. But until that point, I'm just awful. It's awful. <laughs> I have to tell you a story. Do you, do you have time for a story? Uh, yeah. Because you love Kelly Clarkson too. So okay. love her. rewind six years and 
my first single is out at radio. It's not top 40 yet. There's an award show in Nashville, but you had to be top 40 to walk the red carpet. So I couldn't walk the carpet, but Radio Disney asked me to be the correspondent on the carpet. So I was on the other side of the rope interviewing people as they were walking the carpet because they had a top 40 song. And so I get done doing that and I'm allowed to go into the arena to watch the show. I'm like, holy cow, this is the coolest thing ever. So I like get to go backstage and I'm like seeing all these people. Kelly Clarkson's there freaking out. So I'm backstage, she's on stage, and I'm going to say hi to her when she walks off stage. Like, that is what I am set to do. She walks, I'm like walking to her, and she gets on a golf cart, and she leaves to go off to her bus. And I was like, I have to follow her. I have to do this. I follow her, her tour bus, of which she's on at this point. I knock on the door, knock on the door. I see the blinds kind of go like this and shut. I wait a solid four and a half minutes. Someone comes off the bus. They're like, hi. And I'm like, hi, my name's Kelsey. I just wanted to say hi to Kelly. No business. They're like, they'll be off in a few minutes. I wait 10 more minutes because at this point I'm invested. She walks off her bus, like her whole family getting ready to leave. And I'm like, hey, um, I just wanted to say that, you know, like you really influenced me to be an artist and I love you so much and um, all this stuff. And I like word vomit. She's like, what's your name again? And I'm like, oh, my name's, my name's Kelsey Ballerini. She goes, shut up. I just heard your song that Googled you like three days ago. I go, shut up. I've been Googling you for eight years. (laughs) So that's how I met Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) Does she know that whole story? I mean, I toured with her last year, so she knew all of my fangirl story. I'm surprised but I don't. That moment was meant to be. You knew to keep going. Like that sounds like like what are the chances? Do you get what I'm saying? Like what? Like what? Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a big believer in like your gut, the universe. Like oh, me, too. me too. But still, I felt like such a creeper outside of her tour bus. Like when the blinds went like this. Worse. I was like, no. Yeah, but look at y'all now. What the f***? Yeah, yeah. I mean, opening for her on tour every night on stage, I, like, told a similar story. Yeah, it was wild. I love it. Anyway, story time. There you go. Oh, hey. I, I, I want to, like, have you in person in, in L.A. It went, when do you come here? I mean, who knows when that will ever happen again. I'm there all the time when life is normal, so I'm sure I'll be back soon. Yeah, like, are you, like... Are you going to get a house here that committed or are you like only a hotel status? Like you don't want to call this home because if you call it home, maybe you're here too much and then you can change. Yeah. I think it's a fear. I, I don't, I don't know. I I've contemplated it. Um, I, my husband is from Australia. He misses the ocean where in Nashville it's very landlocked. So I and think you're that to Australia here. Yeah, it's true. We fly through there every time. So I don't know. Maybe maybe down the road we'll get a place there. But till then, hotels. <laughs> Love changes your music, right? And your creative, what you put out there into the world, it has to. It does. I think it changes it differently for everyone, though. Like, I don't have a lovey album. Like, I don't think I'll ever have a lovey album. It's just not my thing to write about. I'm not, like, mushy-gushy like that, you know? So I think for me, the way it's kind of changed my music is it gives me different perspective on all that went wrong before you know so like i'm 
writing about breakups that I've already written about, but I'm writing about them differently because now I know what like good love is. You, is there, you know, you say that now that you don't write about cushy love, but like now that you have good love, you have nothing really, you know, what do you have to compare it to anymore? You've moved on, you, you know, you're able to understand the differences and how intense it was because you know what it's like to have it healthy yeah. and great. Yeah. What do you write about next? I don't know. I mean, I do know because I'm writing a lot. Um, I, I think it's crazy. My first three albums, mainly two, are really about like the idea of love and the idea of what I thought it would look like and should look like and why it didn't look like that in certain situations. And my whole first record's like just flirty and like, yeah, boy, and I'm calling dibs and like just very like, young girl perspective on love, you know? And I think now, and you start to hear it in Kelsey, the album, like it's a lot more, um, introspective. Like it's a lot more about me and how I'm feeling and, um, not so much my perspective on love, but like what love's done to me and what these failed relationships have done to me and how they've changed me, you know? And so it's, it's less broad and more personal which in turn, I think, makes it more relatable, which I'm finding with um, the album I just put out. Would you consider Bragger a form of a love song? Yeah, Bragger and Needy are the two that kind of are love songs, but they're, like, still funky enough where I don't feel like I'm, like, just mushy-gushy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but Bragger and Needy are the two that I'm like, here, honey, I did. Those those are your love songs. (laughs) Yeah, well, what I love about this album and, and like country music is, like you said, it's not like these mushy, gushy songs. Because when I hear Club, I'm like, if I was a songwriter in 2016, Club is the exact song I would have written. Because that's <laughs> where I was in my life at that point. I'm like, what am I doing? Enough waking up on bathroom floors. Enough yeah. going out. This sucks. Yeah. But yeah. that song is like perfect and so relatable to so many people at like mid-20s, 30s. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I started like this whole journey well I moved to Nashville when I was 15 but I started touring when I was 20 and so I missed that whole phase of life of like college and Mm. partying and like going out like I just never had that and so when I started getting like a weekend at home every now and again my friends would be like you have to go to Broadway let's go out or like I'd go to an after party of an award show or I did a song with the chain smokers like I would go to Vegas with them or whatever and I was like yeah no this is not for me done that you know it's good now gotten out of my <laughs> so that's a reflective record of what it was yeah I think it was like I had it on this pedestal I had it really romanticized because I just hadn't done it and I saw all these pictures and all the cool people were in the clubs and having bottle service and like looking cool and then I did it and I was like yeah I hangovers hit different when you're 26 too like I can't do it anymore they last 72 hours yeah yeah you're yeah. right yeah. Yeah. You, but when you mentioned it, when you see people at clubs and you're like, you're on, you're on your phone, it's like, wow, they're having so much fun. But then you actually go out to these places and everyone's not having that much fun. Everyone's trying to look like they're having more fun than the person next to them. Yep. And it's yeah. all a lie. It's a big room of falsehood and, yeah. from, and, and regret and, and, and probably a little bit of sadness. Um, uh, whoa. I forgot that you had a record with the Chainsmokers that was rather large. It was a pretty big fucking hit. Um, but imagine being in that 24-7. I do think about that sometimes um, because, you know, I mean, pre-COVID, like that, so many artists, like that's their scene, you know? That's yeah. A, it's an interesting scene to be drowning in. 
every day. Even obviously it pays well and the travel's easy, but like I don't well, know. Well, I think you probably have it like dialed in where everyone around you takes a shot of tequila and the waiter knows to bring you water kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them also fucking party. You know, it's a mix. I've seen. I, I've I've been lucky enough to to sit next to two pretty big DJs for their. We, really their entire set is the latest I've ever been at a, a Vegas club, like 5 a.m., 5.30 yep. or something. Like, like, like when the headliner leaves, like it's weird, you know? Yeah. Um, and yes, I mean, one of them really went in. I was like, yo, you get it. Um, and then the other did exactly what you said. It was exactly that. It was yeah. like everybody was taking shots of tequila and there was definitely like Sprite or water or something. <laughs> um, it was great. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Zolot, a- any other questions uh, on this album? We've taken a lot of Kelsey Ballerini's time, but uh, please come into the studio when this is all over and you're back. Yeah, and- this is awesome. What's it going to take for you to feel safe to tour again? Because we know you, 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 you uh, called out someone for doing a show too early. <laughs> um, yeah, I, listen, I miss it just like everyone else does. Um, but, like, I just think it's public people and that scales you know but like anyone that is a public person like I think it's our job to promote safety <laughs> and I just would never want to put like a lot of young girls like little kids come to my show and I would just never want to put them or their family at risk and so I think as soon as someone tells me that it is proven that that can be contained and safe I'm I'll be the first one out. I'll be the first one to do it. it was, you know, seeing him do that was really disappointing, um, that artist. It really it bu- it bummed me out because I think what happens is, like, people take that one moment and a lot of, you know, a lot of people will, like, cast a judgment maybe upon a genre or a region of people or whatever. I think it was very, you know, I thank all the country artists for standing up against it because it was, like, really, oh, my God, it was really, it was almost scary to see. It was, like, really, you know, it made me sick to my stomach. Well, um, I think, I've talked to a lot of my, my peers and like, we're doing everything we can to like keep our, our band and our crew like paid. And we're, you know, we're doing everything we can to keep everyone afloat until we can tour again. And I think it just offended a lot of people. You, you know, thank you for doing that uh, across the board. I really appreciate you very much. Thank you for taking the time today. Anytime. Yo, Kelsey Ballerini, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> Sending love to you and your pup. Yeah, well, I'm going to go wake him up from his nap now. <laughs> Peace and love. Later. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.